So as I said in the beginning of the service, when we read Luke chapter 5, today we're going to be talking about God doing new things. And so we're going to be opening up to Luke chapter 5, but really starting at verse 33 is where we're going to spend most of our time. But the chapter starts with Jesus calling new disciples as he's beginning this new ministry. And by the way, uh, if you want something excellent to binge watch this summer, uh, check out the show The Chosen. It's on YouTube. Um, and it's one of the best shows depicting Jesus and the disciples that I've ever seen. Uh, they just did the first season. Um, there's eight episodes. It was completely crowdfunded. Um, so they, so it's, it's a good, solid uh, show. So check that out. Um, it's, it's just really well written. And I've never watched a, a film based on, or anything based on Jesus and the disciples where it was like, I wanted to binge watch, like I'd get to the end of the episode and think like, oh great, now I have to watch the next episode to find out what happens next, because I already know what happens next. But it just keeps drawing you back. So if, if there's anything you're going to binge watch this summer, uh, check that one out. So there's the new disciples, new ministry. There's a story of Jesus giving a man with leprosy a new lease on life. A guy that was paralyzed, um, Jesus giving him new legs to walk with, and then going even further than that and forgiving the man's sin. And that's something only God could do. And Jesus was showing that he was beginning to do something new. Then uh, there's the story of Jesus calling a tax collector to be his disciple, which was definitely something new for, for the people. The religious people normally shun sinners, and Jesus was sitting down to enjoy their company. Jesus being a religious person, according to their way and according to their law, and he should not have been hanging out with these people. He should not even have been talking to these people. He was supposed to be above them. And yet Jesus is doing something new. And so one day some of the religious leaders said to Jesus, John the Baptist, this is verse 33 of Luke chapter 5. They said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Now, it was the tradition of the Pharisees and probably the tradition of John the Baptist and his disciples to fast twice a week. And so twice a week, you would not eat any food. You would not drink any liquids at all. Full, total, complete fast twice a week. And Jesus and his disciples were not following tradition because Jesus was, surprise, surprise, doing something new. Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. And Jesus here is referring to himself as the groom, as the bridegroom, which fits right in with the series that we've been in since the beginning of, of the year, Becoming the Bride. That Jesus is the groom, and so he's basically saying, look, do people fast at a wedding reception? No, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of what? It's a celebration of something new, a new relationship. 
And then verse 36, it says this. Then Jesus gave him this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Jesus said, look, you don't take a brand new piece of cloth. In their time, it was wool. You don't take a brand new piece of cloth and put it on old clothes because then when you wash the clothes and that new wool gets wet, wool shrinks. So when the, when the, new, wool, when the new garment gets wet, it's going to pull away from the old garment and it's going to tear the old clothes. Wineskins back then were made from animal hide, out of animal skin. And so you put new wine in new wineskins because when the wine would ferment, it would expand. And so they would put it in new wineskins so that the, the wineskins would stretch as the wine fermented. So if you took new wine and put it in old wineskins, the problem was the old wineskins are already all stretched out from having wine in them, so there's no more stretch left. So if you put new wine in old wineskins, as the wine would ferment and expand, it would just burst the wineskins, and you would lose all your wine, and your wineskins would be ruined. Now, last week, we said that God was up to something new. And that maybe there are some things that God may be asking us to leave behind in order to experience the new thing that he wants to do. That there, maybe through this COVID-19 or where, where life is and culture is right now, that some things have been interrupted, but maybe God was wanting to interrupt them so that we would stop and kind of reevaluate where we were and where, where life was that there might be some things that as much as we want to get back to the way things were, that some things we shouldn't go back to, that really we can't go back to. That if we keep doing what we've always done, then nothing changes. And if our lives aren't changing as we're learning and growing, then are we truly a disciple of Jesus? Are we truly letting him change our hearts? Are we truly, really learning anything? And we said that maybe it's time to stop going back. Maybe it's time to stop wanting to get back to the way things were because God's calling us to something new, something different, something better. And what Jesus is saying to the to religious leaders at the end of Luke chapter 5, which is a chapter full of Jesus doing new things, is he's saying, and mind you, this comes right after he's healed the guy, forgiven his sins, and is eating with sinners and, and all of this stuff. He says, okay, you religious people, I'm doing something new. And if you try to take the new thing that I'm doing 
and try to fit it into your old ways of doing things, it's not going to work. It's going to break down. It's going to end up ruining what I'm trying to do, and it's going to end up ruining the way you do it. It won't fit. It won't be helpful. If you try to take my new way and fit it into your old way, it's going to end up being useless to everybody. I feel like God has been showing all of us some things in the past few weeks, past few months. And I I think we all can pretty easily agree that the world that we live in is changing. It's constantly changing right now. How people live in it, how people perceive it, how people interact with each other. And while I don't know that it's God that's making all of those changes in the world, I do know that God is allowing those changes to happen. That it's all somehow part of God's plan. I believe that God is doing something new in the world that we live in. And I believe that God has has been working to prepare us for that. And while the gospel isn't changing, God's word is not changing, it never changes, and while we, the bride of Christ, still need to be dedicated to the word and fellowship and prayer, as you see the church was in the New Testament, as those things never change, the world that we live in is changing. And so while the message isn't changing, how we, as a church, engage the world has to change. And how we do church and what church looks like, it's not going to be the same because God's doing something new. And changing isn't easy. Ask anybody who's ever had to deal with change, which is all of us. Change is not easy, especially when it comes to what is normal for the church Remember what we said last week? That when we do what seems right, when we do what we think is best, we always go back to where we've been in the past. It's just human nature. Because we don't like change. We like what we know. So when we do what seems right, we go back. And the church is notoriously bad when it comes to accepting new, going in a new direction, going in a new thing. I mean, just look at the religious leaders. Go all the way back to Jesus' day when Jesus is saying, I'm doing this new thing. And the religious leaders are like, no. Remember what Jesus said in verse 39? He said, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. But there were many people in Jesus' day who didn't believe Jesus' message because they believed that the old is just fine. There were many people who didn't follow Jesus because the old was just fine. There were 
many people who really struggled with and many who didn't take up the call to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth because the old was just fine. Because there were all of these Jewish people who received the gospel, but when it came to the Gentiles, they were like, isn't the old just fine? We don't have to let these non-Jewish people hear it, do we? And then when they started taking the gospel to the, the Gentiles, then they started saying, well, look, the old way is just fine. So you Gentiles, you, you have to eat what we eat and you have to get circumcised like we get circumcised and you have to worship on the day that we worship. And, and so a lot of the New Testament is, is Peter and Paul and, and, and the apostles saying like, we're doing something new here. We don't have to you don't have to listen to all these things. You don't have to get circumcised. Because the old way is just fine. Last week we talked about people wanting to just get back to the way things were. And how that this idea of we gotta get back, we gotta get back, we gotta get back to the way things were. How, how they're can be a danger in that because in our hurry to get back, we may go back to some things that God really doesn't want us to go back to. The danger being people who say, well, the old is just fine. We don't need anything new. When God is wanting to do something new in us, in the church, in you, in your life, in your heart? I just wonder, would you let Jesus do something new in you if he wanted to? If God is wanting to do something new in you and in your life, in your heart, would you let him if he wanted to? There's new wine, a new world, a new culture, a new way of seeing things and looking at the world. And if we try to put the new wine into our old wineskins and just say, well, the old is just fine, those wineskins are going to break. And what happens when wineskins break? Jesus said, well, you lose what's inside and you ruin the skins. In the coming months, we have to find ways to engage a world with COVID-19 in it, no matter what you personally feel about what it is or whether it is or isn't or it's government conspiracy or it's not, you know, it's... it's this thing, whatever you think it is, no matter what it is, we have to figure out a way to engage the world with the gospel with COVID-19 in it. We have to learn in the coming months to engage a world with the gospel that is struggling with racial relationships. We have to find ways to engage a socially and a culturally distant world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we don't, 
it's going to hurt the church. If we are trying to put new wine into old wineskins, what happens to the wineskins? Eventually they break. It's going to hurt the church. How many people that are out there now that would be such an addition to the church, such an encouragement to us, that if, if we don't, if we don't adjust a little bit, that they, we may lose them and the church will be worse off for it. But the even bigger danger in that, the even bigger danger than it hurting the church is this, that you lose the new wine. That those new people that, that, maybe come in to check out the church and, and maybe begin to, to put their faith in Christ and begin to start to follow. If they can't connect with us and engage with us, then eventually they'll pull away. And then we lose the new wine. We've, we've hurt the wine skins and we've lost the wine. In Matthew nine sixteen, Jesus said, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth to an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Again, the idea of, of this new unshrunk cloth being on uh, uh, clothes that have already shrunk and, and changed and everything, that as it shrinks, it's going to pull away from the rest of it, and tear, tear this, and, and this isn't going to be any good anymore. If we try to take new believers or people who are just trying to figure out what they believe, and if we try, try to take this new cloth and sew it to the old cloth, the, the, the old way is just fine, church. And just like the cloth that Jesus is talking about, it's going to eventually pull away. And it will leave the old garment worse than before. I mean, we've seen this how many times in how many churches that are closed now. Because they've been so dogmatic about the old is just fine. The old is just fine. We just keep it this way. It's the way it's always been. The old is just fine. And then the, the new, the younger, the, the people that, that are, are coming up trying to figure it out, they end up leaving. They go somewhere else that's wear a newer cloth with new, and they pull away and, it, and it's, they're all worse off for it. If we don't engage the new culture, the new normal, and the people that live in it, if they get to a church that and doesn't engage them on that level, they'll pull away and we'll lose them, and we, the church, will be worse off for it. Now, I'll say it again. The message of the gospel, the truth of God's word, cannot change. But when it comes to the world around us changing, how we engage it with the word and the gospel has to change to meet them. Because in the same way that Jesus doesn't wait for you to change, before coming to you, 
He doesn't say, look, you, you got to get your life all cleaned up and at least a little bit, and then I'll meet you where you're at. Jesus just comes and meets you where you're at. Amen? Thankful for that? I certainly am. But in the same way that Jesus meets you where you're at and then says, okay, now follow me. And then says, okay, now you're going to have to try some new stuff because we're leading, I'm leading you out of that old stuff. We're going to have to meet people where they're at, like Jesus does. And right now, where they're at is changing. God's doing a new thing. We can all see that. I mean, we're sitting six feet apart. We have hand sanitizer in the back, which we've always had, but don't care about as much four months ago as we do right now. God's doing a new thing, and we have to join him in that. So that means, church, we've got some learning to do. The good news is that right now, the whole world is learning what the new normal is. We don't even know, because it's always changing. So we're going to need to just be learning right along with the rest of the world. And I want to shift the conversation for just a second. I've been talking to the church a lot, people who have been coming to church for, you know, probably a long time, for, for a few years now, a lot. I've been talking to them a lot in this message. But I know that many of you have maybe just started coming around church a little bit, especially if you're watching online, that some of you maybe just are starting to think about the faith thing, Jesus thing, um, and so you're just watching online to figure out if, you know, maybe coming to a building someday might be a thing for you. And maybe you don't have a whole lot of history with this church or any church for that matter. But I do know that for many of you, God has been slowly calling you back to a relationship with him. Maybe that's why you're watching online right now is because God's just slowly, you just feel this urge to find out what God's about. Maybe grow in your relationship with him a little bit. But when it comes to being someone who follows Jesus, the same thing about new wine and new wineskins, a, a new worldview for a new life, it is true. When you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin, when you invite Jesus to come into your life, when you surrender your life to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, you're in charge. You're my king. I'm gonna do whatever it is you want me to do. I'm gonna give my life and live my life for you. When you do that, things have to change. You, you can't take this new life in Jesus and try and make it fit with your old life that you used to live. It's like trying to put new cloth on old cloth. 
when, when you do that and you, you say, well, I, I want to live this new life for Jesus. I want Jesus to change my heart, change my life, forgive me of my sins, but I'm just going to keep living this old way that I've always lived because the old is just fine. Uh, pretty soon, like new cloth and old cloth, pretty soon you're going to start pulling away from Jesus. And your old life is going to be a bigger wreck than it was before. It's like trying to put new wine in old wineskins. It will eventually break you. And you'll lose a lot of that good new stuff that Jesus started doing in your life. So many people come to Jesus with the attitude, my old life will be just fine. Like, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins. And yes, Jesus, I want you to, to, to change my life and make me happy and, and give me peace and all this stuff. But, but look, Jesus, my old life will be just fine. So many people come to Jesus with this attitude. But I can tell you because I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over and over that pretty soon you'll start to pull away. And pretty soon you'll find yourself right back in your old ways. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. But see, that's the good news. Because Jesus can do a new thing in your life. Maybe today, Jesus is doing something new in your life. And today, maybe as you're watching online or you're sitting here, you can feel God's spirit in you beginning to say that maybe today is the day. Maybe today, maybe now is the time to put your faith in me or put a little bit more faith in me or to trust me to be the king of your life and the Lord of your life and to be in charge of it. Maybe today the spirit of God is saying, now is the day that you put your faith in me and you ask me to be in your life and forgive you of your sins. And today is the day for you to trust me with your life. Maybe that's the new thing that God wants to do. Maybe God just is calling you to a new step in your faith, a, a new step to grow a little bit closer to him. In a few weeks, hopefully in July, uh, I want to do baptism. I've got a couple of people that want to get baptized, so let's do that. If you've never been baptized and you would like to get baptized, that's a great step. That's a great new thing that God could do. And look, we're not going to have a sign-up sheet because sign-up sheets, that's the old way. Um, if, if, you know, touching the same pen as somebody else, oh. Um, don't, so we're not going to do that. So um, if, so if you want to get baptized, just text me and say, I want to get baptized. My, my phone number is 740, especially for those of you online who want to prank call me later. 740-603, please don't prank call me. 740-603-7351. That's my cell phone number. You can text me and say, hey, I want to get baptized. And we'll make that happen. Take a new step.
Maybe today, God is saying to all of us, I'm doing something new. And I'm asking you to join me in it. I wonder what God's calling you to that's new right now. What new thing is God calling you to today? Maybe, and I I have no idea. The only one that that knows the new thing that that he is calling you to is him. So the only way that you're going to find out what he's calling you to is ask. Pray. And just ask God the question. Say, Lord, what's the new thing you're calling me to? What are you doing that I can join you? Just ask God that question. And then don't just move on. Just wait. Just be quiet. Listen for a few minutes. And keep asking that question until you get some direction from God. He'll give it to you. I don't know. Maybe God's calling you to be in a small group of some kind, a connect group or a Bible study or a group like Out of the Boat or a group like Grace and Grit. But because discipleship, you know, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Discipleship can't happen in a service. It's just, it's not built for that. I can teach you a little bit, but I can't really disciple you in here with everybody facing forward and me talking and you sitting and listening, discipleship can't happen in a service. Discipleship happens when we get together and we talk and we learn and we go through life together and and we talk about what we're reading and what God's teaching us and how does this apply to me and how does that apply to you? So maybe it's getting involved in some kind of small group or connect group or something like that. I mean, Jesus did very little ministry and teaching in the temple and the synagogue. Why? Because that's not where life happens. Life happens out in the world. I mean, it's a good idea. I'm just encouraging. We're going to be encouraging everybody get involved somehow in some kind of small group because that's where good discipleship happens. There's great connect groups meeting. There's some great Bible studies that are around in the church. There's some great men's ministries and women's ministries. And here's the other thing, they, they, you know, you always hear, and I don't know what to believe, but that, you know, a second wave could come. Well, if a second wave comes down, we have to scale things back a little bit again. If you're in a small group of people, you still have all that fellowship. You still have teaching from the word. You still have people praying for you and with you. And you still have all of the, really the things that, that the church is about, prayer, scripture, fellowship, all that's still happening. Get in a small group that you can grow with. Maybe that's the new thing that God's calling you to. Maybe really dig into the Bible. Challenge I talked about a little bit at the beginning of the year, but we're coming up on it June or in July, the second half of the year. My challenge to you is just read one book. This one. 
I mean, some of you are in school, so, you know, don't fail. But, but look, there's a lot of great Christian books out there, a lot of great Christian authors. But all of those are resources. There's something that resource, the source, again, is somebody who took from the source, said it, and there's some of their stuff in their own words, some of their own thoughts, and then said it. But so often we go to a resource rather than going to the source. And so let's just, what would happen if we just for six months dug into this and really thought through what it said and what it meant? And, you know, maybe, if, maybe you, can, you can cheat a little bit and do some work in some commentaries or something like that. Or here's a great thing. If you're in a small group or in some kind of discipleship group, then you can ask each other, what are we reading and why? And that's why we're doing the Book of Romans together is so that as we all read together from one book, we're not reading, you know, from one good book over here, one good book over here. If we're all reading from this... Then as we're reading it and, and we, we're reading Romans and we read something that's like, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're in a small group of people or some kind of discipleship group, you can say, hey, I just read this. I don't get it. What do you think it means? And chances are there's somebody in there that might be able to help you. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe the thing God is calling you to is to really dig in to his word for the next six months. Because look, there's a lot of authors out there, a lot of great authors, Francis Chan, David Platt, you know, uh, Beth Moore, all, all kinds of people. But for as good a writer as they, as they are and as much as they can help shape you, None of their words are living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. None of them have been holy and divinely written by the Holy Spirit of God. So maybe that's it. Maybe, for, maybe the next thing God's calling you to is to really spend time getting alone with God and praying and listening and, and worshiping. Remember what we read in... In, in Luke, that Jesus often went away to lonely places to pray. Maybe God's calling you to just spend some time to get alone with him. Maybe God's calling you to get together with some friends and say, you know what, let's, let's find out what this new thing is that we can join God in. And you grab some friends and you fast and you pray together. Maybe God's asking you to grab some friends and go serve. I know in talking to some of the connect groups that, that that's what God has been calling them to, that to go and serve the community somehow. Our connect group, we're going to go uh, do a meal for Inspire Shelter, but it was funny because when we called, they said, oh yeah, we heard of your church. There's a couple other groups from the church that already are doing meals for Inspire Shelter. We didn't plan that. Just what God's doing.
maybe God's calling you to grab some people and, and serve the community or grab some friends and go share the gospel somehow. I don't know. Ask God. He knows. But one thing is for sure. The world that we live in is changing. It's going digital, it's going COVID, it's going racial, it's going a lot of directions, a lot of places, really fast. There's a lot of new things. More and more it's becoming a new normal. But may we be ready to minister and be Jesus to people in these new times. Maybe, may we be ready to take the gospel to the new world that we find ourselves in, that the world around us can be made new, born again, given life in Christ Jesus. And may we be ready to receive whatever new thing it is that God wants to do in us today. What might new wineskins look like in your life? Let's pray and ask.